On this episode, we discuss The Bye-Bye Man. The bizarre but true story of newshound Edward R. Murrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wasn't that his, his sign-off? Bye-bye! <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Bye Bye Wellington. And I'm Elliot. Hello, Kalen. <laughs> Guys, is... we're the yin and the yang of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is weird. I'm feeling weird. Why? Why? We're all sit- we're all in the same room together. We're sitting um, at, at the same table together. We haven't done that in a I'm long not time. Not used to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and we're the, in and Toronto. The, yeah, and the acoustics <laughs> are probably super weird because we're in some tight little Airbnb kitchen. We are in an Airbnb in Toronto, home of the most dangerous stairs in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Just having a you know a romantic getaway, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to see you guys. As listeners will know, uh, Stuart was unable to join Dan and me in Los Angeles for our Hollywood adventure when. We snuck onto a soundstage lot and were mistaken for spies. Whoa. Yeah, it turned into a real car chase. And at one point, the rental car we were in, we had to go under a truck to escape the bad guys. And it sheared the roof off the car. And then we both looked at each other and went, ah, and then looked back at the road. And what about those? I heard a story in the news about two poor glass delivery men who were trying to deliver a giant pane of glass. Yeah, I've got some bad news for you. <laughs> what was the story in the news? Like a was, pane of glass died today. It was it was like a like a personality piece. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was a human interest story about yeah. two men who had a hard day at work. They're trying to they're trying to break the preconceived notions people have about how easy it is to be a glass mover. Yeah. You know what? It's a tough job. You're not just sitting on a cloud all day. <laughs> no. no. That ain't working. No. <laughs> That's the way you do it. Money for nothing moving. Giant panes of glass. Uh, but we d- And we also smashed through an entire uh, farmer's market, just just the crops and a cage of chickens. Yeah, and the guy came out behind us and shook his fist at us. He was not happy. No. Mm-hmm. And we yelled, sorry. But then the, the spies started shooting. We were on our way. It's yeah. okay, though. We're able to return the microchip that was hidden inside a can of film to uh, the sexy lady spy, and she gave Dan a kiss on the cheek as a thanks, and he fainted. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I've never been touched by a woman before. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a new wrinkle to your character. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so, such a permazoid. So, guys, true crime podcasts are super hot right now. Okay, I like where this is headed. I'll bite. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, is that what we're doing today? <laughs> oh, about the bye-bye man? Yeah. Yeah, the famous serial killer. <laughs> guys, don't say it. He should not be a famous serial killer for reasons that we'll get to. This is going to be a movie. difficult movie to talk about because explicitly you're not supposed to talk about the words that make up the title. Yes. Oh, it's also going to be a difficult movie to talk about because we watched it before the L.A. Uh, or I did. You watched it just recently. but I, I finished it. it last night in a drunken stupor. Okay, yeah. well, I'll, we'll be referring to my notes thoroughly, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we were going to record this no, episode I remember it. earlier. I and, remember uh, L.A and Sasha and John and Miss Watkins Mrs. Watkins Mrs. Watkins yes yeah. uh, and 
I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the and of course the titular bye bye man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he let- said titular. Anyway, Dan, <laughs> grow up. This is why just you faint when it, women just, kiss you. <laughs> Sometimes you can just let it go by. You don't have to pick up every plate of food. On <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time you see a crawler lying in the street, you don't have to pick it up and take a bite. <laughs> oh, come on, it's a delicious crawler. Uh, Dan, it's flaky speak, and sweet. Speaking of uh, flaky, sweet, delicious crawlers, what do we do on this podcast? Oh, okay, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie. And then we talk about it, and this is the second in our Shocktober episodes where we watch horror movies. For Horrorween, which is a uh, holiday in which you do scary parodies of ween songs. (laughs) (laughs) I do one, but I don't know any ween songs. (laughs) Uh, Dan, are you staring off into the middle distance trying trying to remember? I think if I knew any ween songs. (laughs) Sure. I don't think I do. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's October's quickly coming to an end, which is fine, because Halloween is literally the last day in October for maximum suspense for the, the entire month about what people are going to dress up as on the Today Show. And <laughs> and so, yeah, we're doing, it's Shocktober horror movies. And what's the movie today, Dan, that was already announced a couple times? <laughs> yeah, sure. The Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man. Ah, Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, it's, now this is this the sequel to The Goodbye Girl? Uh, it's a sequel to, uh, uh, Bye Baby Bye. Is that anything? I, I started the sentence without knowing where it was going. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that, but, well, there's a movie called Bye Bye Braverman. Mm. Is that the father of the good, good night kid? <laughs> the good night kid. <laughs> That's a movie, right? <laughs> See, he did the same thing I did. It's a movie about a, a boxer. <laughs> when he hits you, it puts it's, you to sleep. It's and good he night. says good night. Night, and then he get, and then he tenderly kisses his defeated opponent on the forehead and mm-hmm. pulls a quilt over him. That's why <laughs> yep. they call him the good night kid. Yeah. Guys, let's just jump into the bye-bye man, huh? Because right. Shocktober's quickly running to a close. The sand is flowing out of the hourglass, and our mm-hmm. own lives will probably be over because we have knowledge of the bye-bye man. Let's yeah. explain. I just I before we get into it, I just want to point uh, out yes. I just want to po- point out that Elliot on his notes has specified Bye bye, man. Princes unrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I didn't know there were two options on the thing I was watching. I was watching it with Flophouse listener and my good friend Brendan Hay, and we had two options: either the rated or unrated editions. Uh-huh. And I didn't know if you guys were going to watch which version, so I I wanted to make note: this is the unrated version. <laughs> you real quick ran over to the door and made sure that your parents weren't going to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now here's the thing: this was technically the unrated edition. It could have been PG thirteen. Yeah, it was. There was nothing. I was like, oh, the extreme a harsh gore and commentary sex I was on the slipping standards of the MPA. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, Jack Valenti's ghost is killing teenagers who have heard of his name. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> the Bye Bye Man. So we begin unrated edition. We begin in Madison, Wisconsin, nineteen sixty nine, college town, and it's sixty nine. <laughs> Two years after the summer of love. What do you say about leaving things on the floor? <laughs> Come on, dude. I had to, That was planned out. That's right. a planned out bit. Really? <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw that, that card, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to say nice when Elliot says it. Well, uh, a man in a state of high agitation asks a woman if she told anyone about the name. And when she says yes, he says he's sorry and shoots her. Uh, then he kills the only person that she told about it, her paralyzed son, uh, and he start and the guy and this is all done in one long tracking shot, which yeah. was fairly impressive. And the guy starts mm-hmm. yelling, "I'm gonna stop you! I'm gonna stop you!" And he runs across the street to the house where the other people know the name, and he shoots them too. And then uh, that's it. Where, yeah. And then that's it for that opening scene. And it's all done in one long tracking shot. And I was like, maybe this movie has a little bit more ambition than I thought. <laughs> I was quickly disabused of yeah, that notion. I mean- 
I I totally agree with you that that opening the the choice was interesting, but like the thing about a single tracking shot is that it's supposed to like kind of trap you in there and you feel like you can't look away. Um, and it's like limiting in a way, like it makes you feel claustrophobic. Um, but then at the same time, all the, uh, all the, the gore effects of the shotgun hits were all very clearly CGI. Yeah. And for me, for me, that just kind of takes me out of the magic of the movies when it's like, <laughs> that's very clearly like pixelated blood right You're saying there. if they're trying to make a real, you trap you in a moment, you yeah. need to make that moment as practically real as possible so that you're not knocked out of it by some other element. I would say so. I mean, I'm assuming technically it's far easier to just be like, yeah, just slap a splat of red on there. Especially yeah. for, if you have to do a second take of that tracking shot, you have to clean everything in between yeah. and reset all the squibs and stuff. And like, I give them, I understand why they did it, but you're right, it would have been better. Yeah, but there's something I was like not to play Monday morning quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, yeah. right? When are you going to direct your bye bye man, Stuart? <laughs> bye bye man, too, guys. I got an announcement to make at the end. Oh. Of the episode. <laughs> well, they're gonna they're gonna put me in the director's chair. This is they're gonna trust this uh, franchise. Uh, they're gonna trust me with the franchise, which is strange since I've never directed anything. I mean, it, it's considering the first movie in the franchise, it's not that strange they would take a chance on a total unknown. What's the what's the subtitle to Bye Bye Man 2? Uh, the Good Night Kid. <laughs> All right. The only one who can destroy the Bye Bye Man is the Good Night Kid. But who is the Bye Bye Man? Well, let's jump back in the movie and find out. Three friends, two guys and a girl. They move in, they're college students. They move into an empty house, I assume to turn it into a pizza place. Now, before... <laughs> Before we're introduced to those kids, we see right after the uh, that like flashback, we cut to a shot of a train running down a dark like railroad tracks. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, is this the seventh set of fucking production logos? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it, no, it's just a shot of a train. And then the uh, the the logo, the bye bye man, which I was not not to have <laughs> a regression again, but like. <laughs> Remember when horror movies put some effort into the design of their logos? Oh yeah, well that was part of the scariness of it. You wanted yeah. a trait, you wanted a also a recognizable logo that would then become a brand. Yeah, you know, for the for the series if it became a series. And when you have, I mean, already when you're working with a, a silly name like the Bye Bye Man. Wait, uh, silly? <laughs> yeah, it is a really goofy name. <laughs> uh, I feel like you should put a little like a bit of child, effort into a like <laughs> picture book. <laughs> yeah. You should put a little bit of effort into like scarifying up that title card. Mm. Otherwise it's just going to look dumb. Like don't try and make it look like, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't set it up. Don't, in comics, don't use comic sand. Yeah, Times New Roman. <laughs> I mean, the we, the, we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We'll get to that train too, because as it becomes later uh, clear, that train appears to be some kind of so, <laughs> train. I'm glad it's one you... of many, many Bye Bye Man, uh, a um, like accoutrement. <laughs> like the the Bye Bye Man has a lot of accessories, and you know what they say, ladies. Before you leave the room, before you leave the house, take off one piece of jewelry. The Bye Bye Man needs he will forget to it. Needs <laughs> so to the take Bye off. Bye Bye Man can take it. He, need, <laughs> he needs to take off one piece of gimmickry because he is a very elaborate uh, setup. But Dan, yeah. you were gonna say oh. so. Train. I'm just glad that you understand why that train is in there because other than a person getting hit by a train later in the movie, I found it completely inexplicable <laughs> that every once in a while they would just cut to a train barreling down the tracks mm-hmm. at night. It's I mean, just one of the many omens that the Bye Bye Man uh, has 
warning people about the guy they're not supposed to know about. Okay. We'll get to that because these three, two guys and a girl, the two of the two of the characters are in a relationship. Elliot and e- Sasha. Elliot and Sasha. And oh, I didn't know that. What happened to Danielle? Dan. This Elliot in the movie spells it with one T. Okay. <laughs> it was weird watching. That it. is the only difference. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was weird watching the movie and having them be like, Elliot, what are you doing? And stuff like that. But it was nice to see another addition to the fairly limited number of Elliots in movies. There's Elliot from E.T., mm-hmm. Elliot the Dragon from Pete's Dragon. There's mm-hmm. Elliot from Dead Ringers. And that's and there's Elliot from, uh, from Hannah and Her Sisters, Michael Caine's character. And that's about it yeah. that I can think of. Elliot Gould? But that okay. Now come on. He's never okay. But Sam Elliott uh, again. It's the same similar problem. They're actually. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, now the house they're in, they're mad because it's they're renting it. It's kind of spooky and big. It was supposed to be furnished and it's not. Though it does have happy fish a happy fisherman shower curtain. Uh, mm-hmm. For those okay. who don't know, that's a cartoon of a fisherman where below the water he's wading into the water and below the water he's not wearing pants. Uh, and a fish is giving him a blowjob. And this is a. Si- Have you never Wait, seen this before, what? Dan? No. This is a thing that's been around for fifty years. <laughs> You've never seen this merchandise. I've never seen this in my life. Okay. Well, and Daniel Close did a comic based on this character. <laughs> did he? Yeah. I probably just thought it was something from his sick mind, but no. Uh, no. I mean, he did do a comic called Needle Dick the Bugfucker. So yeah, that's true. I, I didn't know no. that, that was a. Now is is that comic supposed to be like a commentary on how? Going fishing, you know, can be a little bit boring, and that would explain why, you know, a guy would go fishing all the time, wake uh, up so early to run down to the lake. I think you might be applying more logic to it than is necessary. <laughs> okay. I think the joke of it is that the guy is getting a blowjob from a fish, and from above the water, you wouldn't know it. How do we know that that's a blowjob? How do we know that the fish just doesn't think that the penis is a worm and is biting into I'm it? Not, I'm not talking about the fish's motivation. <laughs> okay. That guy, that guy is achieving the effect of getting a blowjob <laughs> from the toothless least, mouth of a fish. At least based on the, the, the expression on his face. Okay. He seems to be, yeah, he's loving it. Uh, He's loving it. He's not horrified as I would be if a fish clamped its mouth around my penis. I would be disgusted and tear it away instantly. Best case scenario, it's some kind of spa where the fish is going to nibble away the dead skin cells like they they do um, in pedicures. Yeah, you wouldn't... uh, you wouldn't have a look on your face as if you're seeing the golden spires of Xanadu in the distance. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I would expect it to be one of those things like the comic takes where at first you're like, <gasps> and then you're like, hmm. <laughs> Dan, that was some great face acting you did just then. <laughs> the listeners couldn't see it, but it was worth it. Uh, but anyway, we should get back. It's a it's a really spooky house, but they're spooky too. Elliot makes <laughs> Sasha a love note out of cut up magazine letters, which is not a romantic thing to do. It's also a long love note, so he must have cut out a shit ton of magazines. But, like, that's how you make a ransom gotta keep note. Got to yeah. keep the publishing industry, yeah. <laughs> that's the only way to do it. Things are a little creepy, and Sasha's noticing them. The plumbing makes knocking noises. There's a little storage door that, like, opens on its own. There's a lot of little storage doors. And those are great. As someone who now lives in a house with some little storage doors here and there, it's fantastic. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. are great storage areas. Braggy. Look, I live, guy with a house. as someone who doesn't live in New York, I now have closets and <laughs> space to put things. Whoa. Uh, but anyway, it's, there's, everything's just a little creepy. Doors open and slam on their own, but it's not quite... Is it, was that just the wind? I don't know. There's a housewarming party, and Elliot's much older brother, who has a family, is like, hey, don't grow up too fast. Enjoy college. Don't commit yourself to one girl right it's away. It's like, I got so many regrets right now. Look at my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she has, he has a young daughter who wanders upstairs and finds that, and the little storage door opens spookily, and she finds a gold coin that 
people keep putting it on a side table, and it keeps falling on the floor anyway. And the gold coin is, again, one of the accessories of the Bye Bye Man. Mm-hmm. So now we've got a train and a gold coin. Is <laughs> yep. there more? Yes, there is. Two things that naturally go together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how you pay for your train ticket with yeah. a gold coin. <laughs> oh. Sasha's friend uh, says she's going to do a psychic cleansing of the house after the party because it's so spooky. And uh, Elliot finds a crazy scribbled warning inside the side table uh, that says, like, don't say his name, don't think his name, don't say his name, don't think his name. And it's covering the words, the bye-bye man, carved in the bottom of the drawer. Now, if I were, if this happened to me, mm-hmm. I'd be like, eh, I would not think anything of it. But Elliot, of course, decides to start talking about the bye-bye man. Yeah. I uh, mean, I probably would tell people <laughs> about this weird thing I found. I don't know. The, now, are we to believe that the bye-bye man himself uh, carved the, his name in the drawer? Because... It seems like anyone else who learns the name of the Bye Bye Man knows that it's a bad thing to pass it along. So I don't know why they would... Let's, you know what, let's, ahead of time, let's dip into the uh, cosmology of the Bye Bye Man. Sure, The phenomenology of the Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man, it it turns out, is a killer who, he's a boogeyman who, if you learn his name, or even think of it, if you know it, if you know his name, uh, it acts as some sort of mental virus, and you start hallucinating things that lead you to want to kill people, and the only way to cure it is to kill everyone who has heard of the bye-bye man and then kill yourself. And so the bye-bye man, his whole MO is constantly eliminating the people who know his name. So it's like a real uphill battle. It's like bye-bye man has like a great breakout thing, and then he's got to start all over again from square one. And then everybody kills each other. And then everyone kills each other, and it's like a bye-bye man, he goes to see his agent, and the agent's like, bye-bye man. Your Q ratings are in the toilet. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. It was going word of mouth. People were talking about me. I don't know. What ha- when what happened then? Bye, my man. I uh, I tricked them into killing each other. Okay, <laughs> bye, bye, man. Here's an issue that you're having. You can't kill your customers so much. Cigarette companies show us you can kill your customers if it takes a long time. And they help other people get hooked. Well, I got people hooked on the bye, bye, man name. No, 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 no. You're killing too fast though. Bye, bye, man. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out at this point that uh, this is basically a very similar thing to Rings, the previous movie that we watched for the or talked about for the show. Yeah, like, the same kind of like you learn a thing and then later on you die, and mm-hmm. it's a like a it spreads like a virus. Except <clears throat> Samara, it's a strong comment on anti on intellectualism. <laughs> <laughs> the ideas can kill. Yeah. Stay dumb, America. <laughs> and but, and, but it, the thing is, Samara is like a powerful ghost from who can do anything it seems yeah. whereas Bye Bye Man is basically Mysterio like <laughs> he just creates illusions that make you go crazy a little bit and we'll get to the point later on where Elliot goes no I'm not afraid of him I won't believe the illusions and from that point on he's kind of fine yeah. <laughs> it's like how in A Beautiful Mind Russell Crowe is like I will not be crazy anymore sir and he stops being crazy Yeah. Uh, but anyway going back to the movie uh, they hold this seance and at this point I was thinking this is a very easy going kind of Richard Linklater type horror movie yeah. not a lot of tension not a lot of pace uh, and the seance girl she's real she talks to Elliot's dead parents talks Kim. to Sasha's Kim grandma Kim the seance girl Kim the seance girl uh, and he tries to test her by asking her a question but she knows it and she just knows but then she starts going into a kind of a frenzy she's saying don't say it don't think it don't say it don't think it and Elliot goes bye bye man and the lights go out uh oh uh, Elliot is starting yeah, to... total bass drop. Everybody flips out. Elliot is starting to feel like... They go to bed. <laughs> Elliot's starting to feel like he's wondering if his 
girlfriend is interested in his best friend who's mm-hmm. living with them. There's a love triangle of brewing, and there's creepy noises in the house. Cut to the and next day. there's also a lot of shots where he'll look over and he'll see the creepy robe that he has hanging on the wall, and it's like... One second, it's a normal robe. Another second, there's a bye-bye man in that robe <laughs> who looks kind of like, at first I'm like, is that just the old guy from the Inner Sandman video? <laughs> Later on, you realize, no, he's much dumber looking. <laughs> yeah, he's, and uh, it's, a lot of that robe could be bye-bye man, could be a robe. It's like the old drawing, is it a young lady or is it an old woman? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. is that a lady uh, at, what, a uh, uh, vanity or is that a skull? Yeah, is, is that, that a, a, a duck or a rabbit? Is that a guy getting a blowjob from a fish or a guy <laughs> getting his... Dick but bitten off by a fish. You Depends on the fish, Dan. We got to identify that fish. Yeah. Now, if it's a if yeah. it's a piranha, that dick's coming off. Yeah. But if that's it's the a, thing, sometimes if, when you open Lamarchand's configuration, yeah. <laughs> pleasure and pain get mixed with a fish yeah. bite. Now, if it's a North American prick sucker, then he's getting oh, okay. he's getting a real nice job. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the. And we find out that John, which is the name of the friend, which I kept forgetting, he he spent the night with the psychic girl. But when he drives her home, she's like, it's okay. This stuff happens. He could get it up, it turns out. But mm-hmm. she's still hungry for it. She wants him to come into her room right then. But he looks at her, and she looks like she has maggots in her hair. And he freaks out and drives away. Mm-hmm. And it was Classic uh, Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it but done so, it was one of the things where it's like, if you weren't looking closely, you would not notice she had maggots in her hair. <laughs> like, they didn't, they didn't really fill the hair with maggots, if you know what I mean. <laughs> sure, yeah. Here's a, here's a tip for aspiring horror filmmakers. Fill the hair with maggots. Yeah, just go crazy with that stuff. Don't be afraid. Just get... I mean, they use that stuff for medicine in the Civil War times. It's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, the idea of, like... I'm going to slowly tease out the horror by just putting a few maggots in there. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. We know what we're Don't in for. Don't with the maggots. Yeah, yeah, give us some horror, maggot it up. Uh, just like in the hit play, uh, Corpse on a Hot Tin Roof starring Maggot the Cat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll accept it. Thank you. Uh, and Elliot also finds a claw marks seem to have been scratched out of the bricks outside the house. Wait a minute. Does the Bye Bye Man have claws? No, it's from his third accessory, which we'll get, which we'll get to later. Uh, this love triangle is a Bruin. Uh, Sasha starts hallucinating that John is shirtless and, and attractive. I mean, he's attractive. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, this guy, but he's amazing. There he's seems to be shredded. tension is brewing between all of them. Uh, there's more scratchy noises outside the house. Ellie goes to the basement, and it's kind of like uh, it turns into if House of the Devil was really bad, is what kind this part yeah. felt like to me. Like, oh, he's just walking around his house, but it's not scary. It's not incredibly like, tense. Every once in a while, they're like, we'll sneak a bye-bye man in the back background. Mm-hmm. Of that shot, yeah, it's like a someone, a realtor showing a house, you know, like warning you, like there's an occasional bye bye man. <laughs> it's a great space, lots of storage, all these yeah. little closets. I do look at have these to windows; it's sun drenched. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would what would the real estate terminology for bye bye man be? Where like small becomes cozy? Like what was what would be the positive spin on bye bye man? Like storied? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this historic house. Someone to say goodbye to you whenever you leave the house. There's Bye-bye an eventual man. guest on his way. <laughs> um, there's and there's he finds that gold coin again. There's claw marks in the basement. Uh oh. And you think at this point he's collecting all these fucking gold coins, he can like level up or something, get another life. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> at least trade them for some potions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
the his girlfriend gets a cold. I mean, he gets he gets a door slammed shut, and his friends have to let him out of the basement. His girlfriend gets a cold, and in a fugue state, she draws a picture of the bye bye man, and she knows that he's coming for her because she knows his name now. Uh oh, mm-hmm. because at this point, the movie is still gonna go through the thing of they've got like in the ring, they've got to like suss out the mystery. Yeah. But they also just kind of know, yeah. like they just kind of know what a bye bye man does. Uh, right away, she believes there's a monster, but Elliot's still like, I don't know, and she has a dream where they're all standing naked on train tracks and a train hits them. Yeah, this is the most unmotivated butt shot I've seen in a movie. It's just, yeah, it's just like a train bearing down on three nude backs, and like, you know me, I'm not gonna argue with an unmotivated butt shot, Mm -hmm. but it was glaringly unmotivated. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why are they all nude in the middle of these train tracks? My guess is because it represents their souls or like their purest Uh, essence. mm -hmm. But... My other guess is that they were like, we got to jazz up this movie with some nudity. Will she take her top off? No. Will she do a butt shot? Is it going to be weird if it's just her? We'll have the guys in there too. Yeah. Or, or they were like, lineup. here's a little something for the bye-bye men and the bye-bye ladies. <laughs> <laughs> we're equal opportunity butt portrayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get hit by the soul train. Um they see the bye-bye man for a moment, turn on the light, he's gone. Uh, Elliot and girlfriend, they split up to investigate like a real Scooby-Doo gang. Uh, Elliot's online search of bye-bye man turns up nothing. And he's using a search engine that just says search as the name <laughs> yep. of the search engine. It is the most hilariously generic search engine in the history of generic the search engines in movies. The thing about it is, even if there were no direct relations, there would be things that are similar. Yeah. <laughs> the words bye-bye and man will show up. And when he's typing in bye-bye man, before you get excited, Dan, he doesn't consider doing bye-bye man feet. Okay. <laughs> that's, even though that's the second most often searched bye-bye man search. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, here's the thing about the bye-bye man, too. And it, it, as Stuart brings up, that grouping of words would come up somewhere on the internet but does it count if someone just goes like hey bye bye man yeah just saying goodbye to you because that you wouldn't take from that 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 refers to a person or a ghoul or yeah, I'm imagining which, like the bye bye man at home like hearing that and being like oh oh no it's the scene from fucking labyrinth where the <laughs> goblins are all sitting around being like did she say it <laughs> he's just kicking back at home reading i assume the new yorker <laughs> and he goes uh Scratching his accessory on the top of its like bloody flesh head. Yeah, because it's a because it's a dog. Anyway, the uh, he looks into the library's dead file and finds that there's a newspaper. Uh, Do you remember which dead file that was, Elliot? I don't remember. Sixty (laughs) nine. Was it really? Oh, come on. Um, (laughs) uh, And he finds a newspaper article that never that was before it was published had references to the Bye Bye Man, and those were edited out. And he's getting help from a local librarian. From a friendly Mrs. librarian. Mrs. Watkins. Mrs. Watkins, who is hilarious. And it's like... <laughs> she's great. She's it's, so good She's fantastic. And yeah. there's also the fact that they're like... He's like, they're in the library. He knows that if you learn the Bye Bye Man's identity, something terrible happens. He doesn't know everything, but he's like... She's like, what are you looking for? It's like, I'm looking for the bye-bye man. The bye-bye man? <laughs> and like, this librarian talks too loudly. And also like, you, just people studying are going to be like, what, bye-bye man? Like, but, uh, the girl- like, what part of the Dewey Decimal System is the bye-bye man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the girlfriend also, she goes to the florist. Sasha, yeah. Sasha, I don't remember why. And the florist tells her, you have a weird- Because he's the guy who owns oh, the he- house that's, re- he's, he's renting the house. Oh, that's right. He owns the house. And the florist says- Oh, and she tells him, you have a weird house. <laughs> uh, and she, she, she's in a greenhouse, but she feels cold. That doesn't make sense. Um, and it feels like, this is a note I made to myself, that every scene, is this editing works like this. Long filler, just kind of like aimless conversation, and then something happens and they cut away instantly to the next scene. 
Uh, I guess they're trying to go. They're trying to keep you guessing each time, but it doesn't quite work. Uh, John is in class and he finds creepy pictures of the Bye Bye Man on his phone. That move, ah, this would I mean, be scarier. That's that new, that new yeah. iPhone, app, like the new <laughs> iPhone camera thing, where they like move uh, like a couple inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah things that I can never quite figure out how to turn yeah, on. Because it's like, the default setting. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what am I looking at a fucking Harry Potter newspaper? <laughs> it's like every time I, I like using those for my son because I can catch a little bit of his movement. But then I'm like, did I just? trap his soul <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it here in the phantom zone um and so elliot's talking about the librarian turns out there were some murders in the 60s we saw them in the prologue the man who did the murdering was a reporter who covered the killing the by bye bye man beat he was <laughs> bye bye man oh it's the worst beat because your, your articles can't run because otherwise people learn about the bye bye man then the, the oh, model got bad news buddy we're killing your article again oh. bad news bu- buddy you're going bye bye off the bye bye man beat <laughs> you're going as bye bye as the man that's named the, for it that's the sequel the bye bad news buddy <laughs> the, the the bye bye bears yeah <laughs> the bye bye man too the bad news buddy uh, and the and the newspaper motto is all the news that's fit to print unless it involves the bye bye man but it's right there on the front of the newspaper uh, this reporter, this guy who committed the murders in, that we saw in the beginning, he was a reporter who was covering the story of a teenager who killed his parents and blames the Bye Bye Man for it. And the reporter found out about Bye Bye Man, and I told people. And he's I like, guess, "Is Bye Bye Man a heavy metal group?" And we go, uh, we go to a fla- <laughs> we go to a flashback of the reporter narrowly misses killing his wife. He won't tell his wife what this is all about, even though he's written, "Don't think it, don't say it," all over the walls. And then the Bye Bye Man comes in, and he. And he maybe kills somebody else, and uh, he drinks. Po- he drinks uh, cleaner yeah, to cuts kill himself. To the, it cuts to the scene from the opening. Yes. So like it finishes that opening sequence where he chases the two people down who knew the name. He kills them, and then he drinks what like drain cleaner or yeah, something. Yeah, and he bl- spits up blood, and it's real gross. Um, and then the the librarian essentially. Uh, kind of makes up out of whole cloth the idea of erasing the bye-bye man's memory to keep him away. She just kind of stumbles on that, uh, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like uh, like uh, the discovery of penicillin. She just accidentally <laughs> sure. stumbles into this way of, sol- of curing the bye-bye yeah. man. Uh, and uh, she finds that he's been writing uh, bye-bye man all over his notebook without realizing it. Oh, no, oh. on the table, I think. Well, maybe that's how it happened. And but... she goes, and the bye-bye man's in the library. Maybe no, she, well, she notices the original that, carving. Yeah, the, the, what, the, what oh, yeah. the kid's doing is he's taken the original article and he's been scratching out the name Bye Bye Man. And each time he scratches out a name, the Bye Bye Man gets closer oh, to him. Right. And when he's like right about to grab him, she's like, "What are you doing? Oh, that's right. You're you're working. You're ruining library property. Yeah, get out of here." Bye bye, man. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, are you referring to the? I was just saying bye bye to you, a man." Uh, he snaps says, "Yeah, ever, I guess that's where the carving in the table comes from. You go into a fugue state and you start writing the bye bye man's name or trying to erase him or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, he sees John and Sasha in the parking lot, spies them through a shop window. The bye bye man appears in the glass. The glass cracks. <laughs> uh, Elliot so gets to the seance girl. She says they have to stop the bye bye man." But they're driving in a car, and she has a butcher knife in her bag. She hallucinates that there are car crash victims who need help on some train tracks. It's a hammer. It's not a butcher knife. Oh, it's a hammer. That's right. It's not a butcher knife. It's a hammer. And uh, she gets lured onto the train tracks, and then a train kills her. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute. Bye-bye, man. Are you? Did you subcontract this out to Final Destination? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it turns out, we find out later uh, that she has already killed her roommate. 
with that hammer, and she was intending to kill him and the others to erase the Bye Bye Man's memory. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss shows up. She's one of the two movie stars oh, right, in the movie. Yeah. She's a policewoman, and they think that he was chasing her with the hammer, and she was running away in terror, and then got hit by a car and by the train. And he's like, "No, no, no! We, the audience, know that she killed her roommate and was going to kill him too." And John hallucinates that Carrie Ann Moss is winking at him, which uh, later okay. on, which doesn't really turn into anything. Yeah. It's weird that the Bye Bye Man is like Elliot. I'm giving you the crazy murder hallucinations, John. I'm going to make you think everyone's super into you. Yeah. <laughs> create some social embarrassment by uh, you think that she's coming on to you. And then you're going to be like, are you into it? And... <laughs> like, could you? I mean, you came on to me. Yeah. It'll be very awkward. Yeah. It'll just be like that Timothy Zahn novel where aliens are at war with humans and both sides thinks the other one shot first. And it turns out the human communication beam that they sent kills the aliens and they didn't know it so the yeah. aliens think this communication was a first attack but the humans think the aliens retaliation was the first attack anyway is uh, that a part of the thrawn trilogy no it's not star wars related it's a different <laughs> series uh but this is kind of like that but with sex <laughs> where now he's gonna come on to her and she's gonna be like this is weird are you coming on to me and he's gonna be like yeah but only because you came on to me and she's like what and the bye-bye man's like did it again <laughs> let's see you extricate yourself from this one john i'll just set up the dominoes and watch him fall <laughs> um and sasha hallucinates that karen moss is bleeding from her eyes and mouth she's mm-hmm. getting the horror stuff she gets too. like a mix like she gets that and she also gets the you're sick yeah thing, yeah which i'm assuming is bye-bye man related not just like oh man that's too bad she's got the flu I think Bye Bye Man has a lot of tools in his toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, and don't go to the same one all the time. No, exactly. Uh, Ellie gets taken in for questioning, but it turns out the seance girl wrote a suicide note taking the blame for killing everyone, so she's off the hook. She wanted to pl- end the Bye Bye Man, and Carrie Ann Moss is like, uh, tell me what happened. And he's like, if I explain this to you, you're going to die. And he won't tell his brother about it either. And he goes home, and he finds John and Sasha doing it. Bump, bump, what? bump. Making, <laughs> making him wear the cuckold's horns? <laughs> yep, indeed. <laughs> and unlike the cucks you see on the internet, he is not into this. Uh, it turns out it's just a hallucination, but he only learns that after he hits John with a baseball bat. Uh, Miss Watkins then calls Elliot about her bye-bye man thoughts. Hey, we need to talk about this. And that's when we see she's stabbed her entire family to death. Oh, I love How that does... phone call where she's like, Elliot? I've been having some weird <laughs> thoughts about that bye-bye man. <laughs> is, I mean, she's, her line delivery is so great. I don't know the name of the actress who plays Miss Watkins, but it's like, they're like, have you ever seen those Chunky Soup commercials where the football player's <laughs> mom is trying to get him to play the Chunky, eat Chunky Soup? Play it like that character. Oh, you mean like in the Snackwells commercials where the woman says, hello, cookie man? Yes, exactly. That's the character we're going for. Like, that feels racist, but I guess... <laughs> But, yeah, uh, she's awesome in this. She's, I mean, she's the breakout star of the movie, as yeah. far as I can start. She's, I don't, her character hurts the horrorness of the movie, <laughs> but she's so entertaining to watch. Like, she's bringing a spin to it, whereas Elliot just kind of comes off as your direct video version of what's his name for Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these. Like, uh, can we get a whiter, boring, or Rami Malik, please? Yeah. Can we get like an even paler Dane DeHaan or something? These, like, <laughs> PG 13 movies have, like, just real, like, teenage mopes. Like that's that's uh, that's the only way I could describe them. It's like a, a, a crew of teenage mopes, and, uh, and there's nothing correct charismatic about any of them. They're just fodder for the canon. You just oh, you want more of what like an Archie Andrews, America's that, favorite teen. That, that's right. <laughs> like a Jughead. I want a Jughead. That I mean, the Jughead's got the personality. 
And by personality, I mean he likes burgers. He likes burgers, doesn't <laughs> like girls, wears an inside-out hat that looks like a crown. Yep. What uh, else? What more do you want from a character? Much like Huey Lewis, you want a new jug head. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he had that song, I Want a New Drug. Such a reach. <laughs> <laughs> so, such a hard reach, but yeah. Fucking Stretch Armstrong over here. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Elliot sees... Uh, so a note from Sasha that the nightstand that they found the carving in belonged to the reporter who murdered all those people. Bum, bum, bum. It's not the house that's haunted. It's the nightstand. Dan, the calls are coming from inside the nightstand. I guess put that nightstand out on the curb. He, well, he does the next best thing. He hurls it into the woods behind the house. <laughs> yep. From whence it came. And uh, he goes to the... Widow Redmond's house. Why didn't he fucking burn the stupid nightstand? Yeah, yeah good question, Stuart. I don't know. <laughs> he should have. Uh, Elliot goes to... Well, the local zoning doesn't allow for it. <laughs> yeah, They've yeah, got yeah. it. They must no have bonfires, a... dude. Yeah. He was going to, and then he reread the renter's agreement and said, please do not use the fireplace. It is ornamental only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, man. I guess I'll just throw this in the crick. So that crawdads can get dreams of the bye-bye man. Hopefully, there'll just be some fish will see it. Instead of killing people, will just go crazy and start giving out blowjobs. And the prophecy of the shower why you, curtain. Why are you blaming the fish for this, Elliot? Why are you calling the fish crazy? No, good point, good point. There's a power dynamic between the fisherman and the fish that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Especially in today's climate, I shouldn't blame the fish. I shouldn't slut shame the fish when he, you know what, the fish, I'm sorry, I apologize. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Elliot goes to the house of the widow of the reporter, played by Faye Dunaway, who you may know from other many great movies. Watching this movie drunk on my iPad, I didn't recognize her. I mean, she is, I haven't seen her in movies in a while, and she has aged, you know. Okay. Um, As we all do. I wouldn't have known it was her. As we all do. (laughs) Stop looking at me, Dan. (laughs) Not me. You said I look good for my age earlier. (laughs) I got this magic painting. Oh, no. And I put it up in the attic. Oh, Elliot. And it does not look good. This is not going to end well for But I'm looking boyish. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you order Popeyes, the painting shakes its head. (laughs) (laughs) And goes, Um, uh, She tells the story of how her husband was driven mad by the Bye Bye Man story, but he never told her what it was. This is the flashback where he refuses to tell her what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, apparently you know it's coming, for, the Bible man's coming for you when you see the coins and you hear his hound. And the train does not get mentioned. But while he's hanging out with Faye Dunaway, the train goes by. And this is where I start realizing the Bible man is super complicated. Okay. First, you learn his name. Mm. Then you find a gold coin. Yeah. Then you hear a spooky train. Okay. And then eventually a big dog comes to get you. He's got so much going on. And uh, I had to imagine a little scenario where uh, a certain elder statesman of the slasher genre, one Dr. Frederick R. Kruger, uh-huh. took him into his office just to let him know, hey, uh, uh, bye, my man. You got too much going on. <laughs> let's, uh, let's look at what I got, bitch. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was killed by parents. So I come back and I kill their kids in their dreams. Now, it's a little out there. How do I travel through the dreams? Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but it's just the one thing. And the Viper Man's like, yeah, but you have that finger knife glove. Yeah, yeah, but that's my one phys- That's my one weapon. You got the coins, you got the dog, you got the train, and you got the hallucinations, which are sometimes scary and sometimes sexy. You got to choose, bud. <laughs> these, are all, these could all be great on their own, but you're just overloaded. The concept, you got too many concepts going on here, dog. Too many concepts. You're basically like a boring the ring, right? Like... <laughs> Freddie likes the ring, I bet. Oh, I bet Freddie loves it. Yeah, he spooks him every time. Yeah. Well, that, And every time Freddie watches the ring, and then he's like, 
oh, I hope I don't get that call. <laughs> he always tricks, looks to the phone, just a little creeped out. Or like when Freddie saw It Follows, and he was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep for a week. I'm going to always think there's an It Follows behind me. Uh, yeah. No, now the shoe's on the teen's foot. Yeah, it's like when Freddie was terrified of docking. It was docking, right? It was docking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who are those guys? <laughs> uh, or when Freddie and Jason went to go see The Witch, oh, no. and Freddie was like, that was just the atmosphere was creepy. I mean, and what it's saying about religion, and Jason was like, like he just shrugged his shoulders because he can't yeah. talk. Yeah, Jason's like these. Yeah, and, but in his head, he's like these A twenty four films. I find the uh, the advertising misleading. <laughs> That's and Freddie, because since he can read minds, I guess was like fair point, fair point. <laughs> it was it was more about atmosphere than like just pure scares. But they discussed this over a malted down at the oh, down at Pop's Chocolate the, Shop. The two straws. Yep, two straws coming out of the adorable. one. The one straw just goes through the holes in Jason's hockey mask. <laughs> yeah. He likes malteds. Mm-hmm. And then later they just kind of like, I mean, they're married, right? So they just <laughs> they just crawled into bed in their full yeah. body pajamas. Freddy versus Jason. That was their divorce proceeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got in a big fight while summering in Fire Island with the Babadook <laughs> and Pennywise. <laughs> Wait, so are, are the Babadook and Pennywise in a relationship? Yeah. Or the Babadook yeah. and Pennywise were just on the cruise, like just cruising on Fire Island. No, they're, I mean, they're prominent LGBTQ icons, right? <laughs> yeah. And then every now and then they'd run into Jigsaw and it would be awkward because Jigsaw and Pennywise used to have a thing. Sure. It wasn't like what you call a relationship, but it was like a regular summer fling. He's just, you know, uh, Pennywise is over games. <laughs> Tired of games. You know? <laughs> yeah. Who is That's it? what he likes about the Babadook because the Babadook will just come right out, put his feelings in a pop-up book and give it to you. <laughs> He's not about hiding things, you know? <sighs> and then, I now imagine... Pennywise is at home, <laughs> and he gets a phone call, and he just hears, Baba, Baba, Duke, Duke, Duke. And he goes, hi, honey, coming home? <laughs> That's something sweet about that. I like that all these movie monsters have found love. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she, uh, so Faye Dunaway is like, well, the only, pe- the only way to solve this is for you to kill everybody and then kill yourself. And he realizes that. And this is something, again, that he's kind of making up as he goes along, stumbling through it. Yeah. Oh, and the, she hands him a gun. And she hands him a gun and says, kill him. Uh, he realizes, hey, the bye-bye man's power is based on fear, and the more you fear him, the stronger he gets. There has been nothing to suggest this the entire movie. Nope. Suddenly, Faye Dunaway catches on fire, she's, and, <laughs> and, and he, he realizes... It's a hallucination, and he shakes it off. And the He's FX, like, this terrible special effects is clearly <laughs> yeah. a hallucination. Like the fact that it looks like they had a hand-drawn animated fire applied <laughs> over her makes it... Oh, my that man, would be you great. Gotta, you gotta try a little harder. It'd be like Hausu or something if they just animated fire over her. That would have It been was... Fantastic. I mean, the fire was one step above that blowtorch in Pass Through. He uh, hallucinates... He goes, I got to get home and save everybody. As he's driving, he hallucinates that he's about to hit someone with his car. And he goes, no, I'm not going to believe you, bye-bye man. Which, for one thing, he's taking a huge risk right here. Because yeah. it's not a, it's not like a monster's in the road. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular person. And it would, it would, how much does he lose if he swerves around this hallucination? Nothing. Yeah. You know what? Take Pascal's wager on this one, dude. <laughs> just assume it's real and you'll be better off. But instead, he goes right through the hallucination. He's like, yeah, I beat you. And then immediately hits Miss Watkins, who has been walking down the middle of the road with a butcher knife in her hand. Yep. Because apparently the bye-bye man has driven her into a stupor where she cannot drive and must walk the roads. <laughs> sure. Uh, but she deserves it again because she murdered her whole family. Yep. And well, not for the, the greater good. Yeah, there's a there's a decent <laughs> there's a decent gore shot. Don't we see like the back of her head's been knocked off when she got hit by the car? Do we? I don't remember that. I think so. 
This is the point at which you started hallucinating because you oh, watched the no, last I was so scared. third of this movie. <laughs> yep. Last night. Uh, back at home at the house, Sasha hallucinates that John is Elliot and is threatening her, and John hallucinates that Sasha is the bloody dead sand. Oh, no, not threatening her. She she hallucinates that it's Elliot and that he's backing away and won't come near, and she's like, why won't you? Come on. Where are you going? And John hallucinates that she is the dead sans girl with blood all over her. And he's like, no, get away, get away. Uh, and Elliot gets too back to get back too late to stop John from stabbing Sasha in the face. And he shoots him. And it turns out, no, he was hallucinating. He shot Sasha who was stabbing John in the face. Oh, They're hilarious. Mix up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, farce. and Elliot's like, Oh, we're going to laugh about this later, but I don't feel so great right now. Yeah. And, uh, so far, uh, uh, this was the point where I was like, the Bye Bye Man is really effective at erasing everyone who's heard of the Bye Bye Man. Like, he better hope that he's got some trick up his sleeves that he can get. I guess the night table is always his his backdoor plan yeah, yeah, to keep yeah. things going. Uh, that's when a CGI monster dog walks out and then just leaves. Uh, and hey, how's it going? I'm just passing through. Doesn't it, like, eat a face? Yeah, it's and it the, likes to eat faces. The story seems to be that the Bye Bye Man kills people to feed this dog. Which again, Freddie's like, "All oh, right, bye, bye, man." Let's, uh, <laughs> it seems like a weird motivation. Let's just pump the air brakes I on mean, this I, train. I, <laughs> don't get me wrong; I like the killing people part of it, but there is commercially available dog food. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Uh, I get what? it. There's no blood on your hands, bye, bye, man. You didn't kill anybody. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You just maneuvered it, and then the dog, I guess, takes the fall if you ever need him to. <laughs> uh, where did you you're get the, this? You're the ghost of Rube Goldberg. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Rube Ghostberg. <laughs> and, and, uh, You're the ghost of the guy who invented the mousetrap board game who died I mean, a pauper. That was based on Rube Goldberg stuff. Oh. I mean, of course it was. Yeah, it is. it's a complete ex- exact idea. Um, it, there's this dog. It's not even like, it's like, where'd this hound come from? What's going on? I don't need everything like to be Cerberus, explained. dude. Okay, good point. Right? No, I mean, it is. It's like a hellhound. And he's like Charon. But it's like the dog comes in so late. Before that, most of what you've seen is just claw marks showing up in places. Yeah. I'd almost rather the Bye Bye Man was just a dog. Yeah. Like, just called the Bye Bye Dog. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's this evil dog with mind powers. It's part of the Air Bud series. Part of the, there's, no, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't kill people with hallucinations. <laughs> and maybe he can teleport like Lockjaw. I don't know. That's, he's a big dog. Uh, there's, everything's terrible. The Bye Bye Man appears and he points at Elliot, who hallucinates his brother's family but they're right outside, outside the door, and Elliot won't let them in, and the Bye Bye Man tries to open the door for them because really all we've seen him physically interact with in this movie is doors. And a coin, maybe? I don't I don't even know. Maybe he's touching that coin. Maybe also, the like, dog se- is. It seems a little unfair because like the rest of the time, Bye Bye Man, uh, like he does everything... Uh, Bye by the book? Yes. <laughs> no, he does everything uh, indirectly. <laughs> And like him suddenly like trying to force like a direct confrontation seems like come on bye bye man like I thought your mo was uh, you know like just being the puppet master just take your time buddy it's, yeah. it's it'll so, work it's so complicated the scheme starts breaking down uh, yeah. bye bye man come in my office again uh, here's here's when you know your motif is not working when you got to change up the rules at the last minute <laughs> now I never suddenly like appear in the real world and then like run for mayor. Yeah. You know why? Because it doesn't. Because right, that's Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah. One, that's Batman Returns, classic flick. You gotta see it. But two, 
it's just not me, okay? It doesn't fit in. People would be like, wait a minute, I thought <laughs> Freddy was a creature of the dream dimension. I mean, would it be great? I mean, could I affect a lot of change that way? Sure. I could help. And in fact, you know what? I could do a lot to help out monsters like you and me. In fact, yes, I will run. And that's <laughs> I'll, why I'll today... be the first to admit, I got some skeletons in my closet. <laughs> Today, but hey, if Trump can make it to office, I'm feeling pretty good about my chances. <laughs> sure. That's the way I'm announcing my mayor, my candidacy for mayor of Fire Island. <laughs> <laughs> because for far too long, both L- the LGBTQM for monster community. <laughs> well, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like that addition. That makes it weird. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the, his... Uh, Elliot's niece, who's a little girl, runs off to use the bathroom <laughs> while the brother waits outside. Bye bye, man. Slowly walks over and takes his hood off, revealing he just looks like some guy. Yeah. yeah. He's not spooky at all. He's not creepy or crazy or kooky. Uh, well, they tried to make him a little scary looking, but like, just make, like, make him a normal looking dude or make him actually scary looking. Don't put it, don't just make it halfway. Don't yeah. try to halfway, don't try to halfway this, bye bye. Yeah, like man. the maggots. Come on. Yeah, commit. Commit to the bit, bye bye man. Uh, and and Elliot's like bye 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 man. And the brother is like bye bye what? Huh? Elliot shoots himself, and the soul train speeds by, Vroom! picking up another soul to be eaten by a monster dog. <laughs> uh, and also, so the monster dog eats the corpses, but is he also a ghost or is he a physical creature? Mm-hmm. Does he chase after that train like a dog would chase after a tiny little chuck wagon? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is chuck wagon. It's full of food. Yeah. Uh, the brother can't find his daughter. What happened to her? Oh, no. She's waiting in the car, and the house is on fire. Carrie Ann Moss gets chewed out by her boss because they think Elliot killed everyone, and she let him get away. But now Moss has started believing in the bye-bye man. And the niece, she's like, in the car, she's like, hey, I found those gold coins. And he's like, where did you find them? In the little table. It was in the back for some reason. And this is where you think the movie is leading up to you thinking— the girl read that it said "Bye Bye Man" yeah. in the bottom of it, and now and she's like, "Fuck you, movie." And now, but instead, uh, she goes, "Something was written in it, but I couldn't read in the dark." Okay, and then John, who is still alive, is being brought to an ambulance, and he th- turns to Carrie Ann Moss and goes, "Bye Bye Man." <laughs> and it was like, "Wait a minute, movie! You set up uh, like a crazy but somewhat plausible like stupid twist, Wait, and then he... you just threw it away." <clears throat> Wait, does he actually, he doesn't, does he say bye-bye man at the very end? Yeah, yeah, he does. He says bye-bye man. So instead of having like someone discovering it despite their best efforts, a character just blurts it out. It's like in the <laughs> beginning of Rings when the guy goes, hey, you ever heard of this movie, this video that kills people when you watch it? <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't sit in the corner and not think of an elephant if you're, uh, you know. I mean, that's elephant. the whole premise of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so he's got to blurt that out. I, he's got a Paul blurted out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, Dan. It seems lazy <laughs> from a screenwriting <laughs> point. But if you're going to do that, why bother the fake out of the little girl getting the coins, but not... See- why does she have the coins now? <laughs> well, because you're worried about the kid. But then, like, it turns out... It's a, I, I think it'd be funny if it was, like, the end of <laughs> taking a film one, two, three. It's just like, you think the movie's over, and then he, like, ducks his head back in. He's like, bye-bye, man. <laughs> <laughs> just throws it out there. Yeah. I wanted the next scene to be the little girl goes to their dad to a theme park and she uses those gold coins in one of those penny smashing machines <laughs> and Bye Bye Man's like, oh man, what are you doing? <laughs> That's my stuff. Um, here's here's the thing that I want to point out about this. The implication you're left with by the movie is that all mass murders have been caused by the Bye Bye Man. That like any like 
even Columbine, something like that, any of those types of mass murders or mass shootings was because the bye-bye man got out. And I couldn't help taking this to the worst extreme where I'm like, only Hitler hadn't told all those Jews about the bye-bye man. Oh, boy. <laughs> he wouldn't have had no, to do all that. No, brother. But it, was, it's, it feels like a, it left a bad taste in my mouth to be like, this is why killings happen because of the bye-bye man. I was like, movie, you did not earn that to yeah. suddenly project yourself into like every horrible crime that happens. I didn't like it. No. Uh, which is too bad because I loved the movie otherwise. <laughs> okay, well... I didn't yeah. want to say bye-bye to the bye-bye man. I want to say hello. Give me more, please. Mm-hmm. There was one crack in the armor that you were able to exploit. Otherwise. Uh, but yeah, so did you guys find this movie as dull as I did for most of it? Yeah, it yeah. was super, super dull. My, one, of my, one of my favorite moments of foreshadowing in the movie is early on where uh, Elliot and Sasha are, I think they're stressed out or upset or something, and Elliot's trying to comfort her, and he goes, you want to watch something stupid? <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. I guess that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> that was the that was the tagline to the movie. The you want to watch something stupid? I mean, that would be a great tagline for a movie, to be honest. I mean, that could be the tagline for the jerk. And, like, it would fit perfectly. Actually, like, I think that would be a very successful uh, ad campaign. Because yeah. like, a lot of people do just want to watch something stupid. People love watching stupid stuff. Yeah. That's what YouTube is built on. Oh, oh, come on. Man, I'm sorry. These I'm kids getting... today, huh? Yeah, these millennials with their video screens in their pockets and mm-hmm. looking at the looking at the cat wraps and the <laughs> and the all the all the the vlogs with the kids react. Mm-hmm. The unboxings of things. Always unboxing things. Yeah, where do they get all those boxes? So let's unbox the Bye Bye Man. Yeah, the movie sure. opens in nineteen sixty nine. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's do final judgments. We kinda did it already, but it's a tradition. Uh, so our, our Shocktober Tell me again, because I don't remember them, and they're very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Is this movie totally scarifying, totally snorifying, or frighteningly funny? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. My favorite time of year. (laughs) Just for that. (laughs) When I get to say those words. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably say this, uh, falls squarely in the snorifying category yeah i it was i did find it totally snorifying there were occasional moments of funniness like uh faye dunaway's bad uh cgi fire <laughs> yep but uh, otherwise it's it's a movie that takes so the the premise is so straightforward and it takes so long to get going and yeah. they do everything they can to like screw up this premise yeah yeah, it's totally snorifying. Like to see the ring. I feel Just like go see the ring. Same basic movie. Who saw that Faye Dunaway shot and they're like, this is the final effect shot. And they're like, perfect. Good enough for a major motion picture. I think the accountant who's in charge of the budget for the movie made that decision. But like, I feel like anybody would see it and be like, nah, let's change it. Mm-hmm. Let's change it to something better. Let's can't we just set Faye Dunaway on fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Faye Dunaway, well, that was the Faye original Dun- plan. Faye Dunaway kept insisting that she do it. She's yeah. like, I, I'll do it. I don't know what the problem is. I'm not a wimp. I do all my own stunts, and I always have. Set me aflame. <laughs> Flame Dunaway, they used to call Flame me. Flame on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know my, my catch that she says in Chinatown? <laughs> yep. Flame on, Jake. It's Chinatown. (laughs) And he's like, what? Your character got killed. How are you talking? Mm -hmm. 
Hey there, folks. I'm writer and performer Dave Holmes, and I host International Waters, where we pair a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture trivia battle royale. Comedians like Jimmy Pardo. My Aunt Pat for Christmas once got me a uh, candelabra, you, you know, for my collection. <laughs> and my brother said, I didn't know you collected candelabras. And I went, I do. I now have one. <laughs> Bill Dwyer. Bob Barker's turning over in his almost grave right <laughs> now. He's very furious. <laughs> and many more. Join us every other week on International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. We've got a few sponsors tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Right now. We're doing it in the middle of the day. That's a peek behind the curtain. Anyway. The curtain that is keeping the sunlight out because it's the middle of the day. Uh, our first sponsor is ZipRecruiter. What if hiring could be easier? That'd be great. More streamlined. Love it. Less time consuming. Please. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 job boards with just one click. That's an amazing ratio. Over hundreds, over 100 job boards with one click. That's mm-hmm. a ratio of cl- of clicks per job board. That's astounding. Yeah, one one to one hundred. One to one hundred. That's great. Uh, and ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them by actively notifying qualified candidates about your job. Mm-hmm. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Just one day. Think of how short that is. It's, it's a day's length. <laughs> Literally. It's, it's 24 hours. <laughs> so What right, a difference a day makes. You started with an opening. Now you've got an employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Flophouse. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Flophouse. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know what? Small business owners are the backbone of America. Start a business and put your listing up on ZipRecruiter and hire some people. Ellie, you're saying that, but all the policies that you're pushing for in your political campaign uh, don't seem to support small businesses. Uh, no, the best way we can help small businesses and the middle class is by cutting taxes on the upper classes. Oh, so like, I guess all that extra money will just trickle down into into my pocket? You know it, exactly, into your pocket. Now, imagine the economy is like a, a washcloth. Sure. You're going to pour a gallon of water into that washcloth, and uh-huh. a few drops are going to trickle through it. Uh-huh. That, I mean, and those are delicious. I need that water to survive. And it tastes a little better because it's through the washcloth. Little kids, you know what I'm talking about. You're always sucking on washcloths. <laughs> <laughs> this is a heretofore unknown stereotype about little kids. Seriously? I, yeah. I feel like every kid at some point is sucking on a washcloth in a bathtub. And I know that, like, I did as a kid. My mm-hmm. son does. So, I mean, 
I ain't got a man. (laughs) (laughs) We were reading a kid's book recently, and there was a part where the character was just sucking on their wet um, blanket that they brought in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, yeah, kids do that all the time. So I guess you guys are of the minority of humans who don't suck on washcloths when you're kids. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, Zip recruiter. Suck on it like a washcloth. (laughs) (laughs) So we're also sponsored in part by Squarespace. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Do you have a cool idea that you want to turn into a new website? Or do you want to sell products and services of all kinds? Squarespace can help. By giving you beautiful templates. Hit those P's. <laughs> the ability to customize your site with just a few clicks, built-in search engine optimization, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. So if you want to make a website, just make it. Just go on. Make it. Make it. Make it stand out with a beautiful website. If you go to squarespace.com for a free trial, when you're ready to launch, use the offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, Dan, I have a question. All right. Uh, this this pro, this sponsor really affects me personally because I do have a website I want to start. Uh, now, mm-hmm. earlier we were talking about how when uh, when the main character, Elliot, searches for Bye Bye Man online, he finds nothing, and certainly nothing about Bye Bye Man's feet. So I have a site I've been wanting to start called www.bybymanfeet.com. It's your place on the internet for news, reviews, games, tips, hints, and tricks, and professional advice about Bye Bye Man's feet. Most importantly... You got pictures of Bye Bye Man's feet, the sexiest pictures we can find of the sexiest boogeyman in movies, the Bye Bye Man, and the sexiest part of his body, the foot. So do you think Squarespace would be able to help me with ByeByeManFeet.com? I think that almost certainly could help you with that. I think that it would be very strange if they were to turn down your business. Okay, that's great to know, (laughs) because I have had a checkered past with the internet, as listeners might know. Yeah. But I just got struck by the point when he goes to the famous search engine search mm-hmm. and types in "bye bye man" and no, feet, we're back on the "bye bye man" beat. Yeah, and yeah, and feet does not automatically auto auto enter or auto fill. Yeah. I was like, mm, seems like there's a problem here. <laughs> Why is this guy binging it? <laughs> Why is there no place on the internet for those of us who, like me, have an interest in the "bye bye man's feet"? <laughs> yeah, does he wear shoes? Does he walk around barefoot? Well, there'd be a couple different pictures like that, but we don't we don't get a real sense of it in the movie. But I gotta assume that's because the movie is hiding some pretty yeah. pretty sweet feet on that. I don't, know, like a sweet feet guy? I don't know. I imagine them all calloused and yellow and but you like horns does, on them. Does he have tan lines mm-hmm. from okay. his sandals? Sure, maybe that's pretty hot. Only the Bye Bye Man knows. Or visitors to ByeByeManFeet.com. Thanks, yep. Squarespace. We also have some Jumbo uh, Ow! <laughs> I like this move. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to be doing the first one. Okay. <laughs> so let me... I'm about Allow to start. To, to lick your lips in anticipation. <laughs> okay. Okay, take a breath Pop. and exhale. <laughs> Rubber baby. Okay. Uh, do you love the Flophouse but wish one of them was a lady and they only talked about movies from the 80s? Probably not. Uh, I don't know. That sounds better than us. Uh, But if that interests you, then check out the podcast Good Times, Great Movies, where every other week, Jamie and Doug choose a film from that magical decade and roast it. Any similarity to the Flophouse is pure coincidence. Uh, I guess that's legal. (laughs) Yeah, I had to stick that in. Would the floppers like to join us for an episode? Pervisoid number one. Oh, they used your title. Uh, maybe Zapped. Yeah. Stew. How about Dolls? 
and Elliot with only one T. So I'm assuming they're not talking this, about me talking to the character from the Bye Bye Man. Too late. <laughs> it's too but, late. He's dead. Uh, might as well cover it. Maybe something artsy like My Dinner with Andre. Great movie. Oh, you'd probably like that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's really holding our feet to the flames on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so check out. Uh, you can find Good Times Great Movies wherever you get podcasts or visit goodtimesgreatmovies.com. So check that out. And I'll take our other Jumbotron thingy announcement, that is. Uh, and they're <laughs> saying, what should you do? You should subscribe to Shirts and Pants on Apple Podcasts. All right. Shirts and Pants, not the clothing, but no, you'll, well, I'll explain. Okay. On Shirts and Pants, Erica and Nathan talk movies, TV, and other cultural detritus, old, or detritus, old and new, good and bad, funny, unfunny, scary, tear-jerking. There's no telling what the topic might be. One hour-long discussion of robot jocks? I know Stuart does. <laughs> Try on Shirts and Pants. Only one hour. Need Lord of the Rings brought up with barely any justification? Again, Stuart, slip into Shirts and pants like good pop culture conversation between good friends put on shirts and pants zapping you in the brain twice a month subscribe on itunes today that's shirts and pants well i like those topics but i generally don't you, like pants you like to be nude yeah, yeah. I those can pants. attest to the fact that Stuart does not like pants they're just very confining remember the time when we were recording and Stuart got up <laughs> left went to the bathroom and changed into a tiny bathing suit <laughs> Uh, guys, I'd like to have a little Jumbotron of my own oh, as well. Yeah. I have a thank you Jumbotron out there. Now, uh, this I will, I'll make a long story short, or try to, you know me. Yeah. Uh, there, a long while back, someone wrote in and asked, what kind of movie merchant memorabilia do we most want? And I said, I had always dreamed, for years, this is a dream going back over a decade, to own one of the drawings from Gertie the Dinosaur, Windsor McKay's landmark <laughs> drawing. Well, thanks to a really wonderful Flophouse listener named Michael Waite, uh, over in England, I am now the possessor of a Gertie the Dinosaur drawing uh, through an elaborate series of... Like a tontine? Uh, a tauntaun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought they smelled bad on the inside. On the outside. <laughs> a tontine's kind of like a tartlet, too. <laughs> <laughs> you get it at a French cafe. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, very. I won't go into all the details, but very kindly uh, reached out to me and made it happen, and now I'm super excited about it. I haven't gotten it framed yet but i literally keep it next to my bed so i can look at it whenever i want and it's just this amazing piece of animation history it's beautiful it's something that i've dreamed having as a part of my life for a long time so i want to say thank you very much to michael and i wanted to promote his children's book it's called diggersaurus finally construction trucks and dinosaurs combined into one thing uh and he sent me a copy of it and my son loves it so thank you very much, Michael, for making one of my dreams come true. And anyone who's interested in books for children that involve dinosaurs and construction equipment, maybe because they have a child in their life, maybe they're just young at heart, I would like to promote his book, <clears throat> Diggersaurus, by Michael Waite. Apparently you can just make things happen by putting it out of the world, secret style. Uh, uh, I mean, that's not got... secret. Elliot said it on a public podcast. No, 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 but right? like the secret. Anyway, speaking of oh, putting... Oh! So, hey, speaking so of... If anyone wants to send me an original gremlin from the movie Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking... Uh, no, this was like something I it came out of nowhere, and it was yeah. super exciting. Like, I'm still like super buzzed and excited about it. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, so, it's so awesome. But speaking of putting things out in the world, uh, we put out something recently in the world. Comic oh, yeah. books. Oh, comics, yeah. Comic books. I mean, digital comics. Digital comics. I mean, we put them out into the digital world, the cybersphere. Mm -hmm. We're net runners. <laughs> yeah, uh, console cowboys. <laughs> bunch of samurai heroes. <laughs> uh, we uh, we have some new Flophouse funnies out. Stewart's coming out soon. Yeah, it's looking, it's coming out really great. Dan and mine are out. The theme this time is love. 
and all the money that goes to it, uh, any anyway, money you pay for it goes to hurricane relief uh, for Puerto Rico. So it's a good cause. They need their for anyone who's an American listening to us. There are fellow Americans, and they need our help because they are being seriously underserved by our elected officials. So please read some comics and help out our own fellow citizens in their time of crisis. Yeah, yeah. support our our comic book making dreams. Well, at least me. Uh, yeah. You can get them by going to flophousepodcast.com. That's our website. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I see. Aware. Oh, thank you for filling in the backstory. <laughs> yeah. I like, that was like you saying the URL was Star Wars, and then you filling that in was like episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> That's right. Where I was like, this was not necessary. <laughs> uh, all right. But um, now it's time for everyone's third favorite part of the show. I don't know. Letters from listeners. No, let's, let's rank them. It goes Stuart's hilarious jokes at number yeah, one. Number People one, are loving that right. shit. Dan size number two. Uh huh. <laughs> number three is probably a letters song like this one. Hey guys, we're all together in one place. Thing. It feels so good to be face to face to face again in Toronto. This is the place that we are in a rented house with stairs that we all almost fell down and died. I actually fell down them, so... If we had died, then our audiences would have cried, and our loved ones as well. Flipped people think we're swell. These three guys called the floppers, Stuart, Dan, and L. We're all together, reading letters together. Stuart's dipping water, sipping water, and Dan probably otter, because you're looking dehydrated, and I want you to yeah, take actually... good care care of yourself have some water right now while i'm singing to tell you that you should stay healthy with water and Stuart's getting you some oh, that's very nice of you Stuart. yeah this song was brought to you by the water council drink it love it make love in it water anyone tried it <laughs> have a fish suck your dick in it <laughs> Uh, the Water Council does not <laughs> does not approve of of uh, using water as a place to pressure fish to have to, to satisfy you orally. Uh, could be consensual. Uh, the Water Council is in favor of all consensual sexual acts between loving adult partners or even adult strangers. Now, here's the thing: fish live a different lifespan than a, than humans. <laughs> sure. How do you do that math, Dan? When you wade into the water, how do you know which fish? Or with your oh, pants right. off. That's, How do you know which fish are okay? That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who. I guess you'd probably just go with sharks because they live a long time. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. There's that one kind of shark that can live for like 500 years. He's got it. He must have picked up this a thing is or two. Me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah. The bottom of the ocean mainly. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. So let's move on to letters. Um, it's time for the letters, no, and we're not. moving on to the letters as Dan takes a sip of water. Hey there, get your son and your daughter, cause we're done with the fish blowjob stuff, <laughs> and we're on to the family friendly letters segment. This is from Bartholomew, last name withheld. Simpson. Uh, it goes, Dear Flop Stars. Eat my shorts. <laughs> Eat my shorts. Cowabunga. I caramba. <laughs> uh, do the Bartman. <laughs> Why doesn't anyone do the Bartman anymore? Because it wasn't a real dance, Dan. No one ever did the Bartman. Yeah, let your body shake, move it side to side. Okay, that's just dancing. <laughs> okay. The time warp tells you how to do it. The Bartman, you're like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Twist makes sense. You just do what the name of the dance is. Yeah, Mashed potato, true. harder to figure out. Yeah. Um, so this uh, letter goes like this. I want. I wanted to thank you guys 
I recently cycled across a large amount of France, which if you knew me, you would realize is an incredible feat for someone of my mass. But I was only really able to finish this trip because of you guys. Stuart's boisterousness helped me get a good start to the day. Elliot's rambling stopped me from getting bored during miles of endless fields. And Dan's vocal tones helped me to sleep after a long day of <laughs> exertion. So thank you all. So are we to believe that Bartholomew separated out each of our voice, <laughs> each of our lines and listened to them? <laughs> yeah, isolate the vocal tracks. Like a soundboard? Yeah. Uh, while I'm here, I have a question. What do you guys think are the best French films you've seen? Oh. I'm just starting to learn the language and need some good movies to make it more fun. It'll be hard. Thanks for all your flopping. You guys are my favorites. Well, I, I mean, if you're, I got one right off the bat. My favorite French film is Wages of Fear. Okay, that's a great movie. Oh yeah, that's a good one. It's, uh, it was remade as Sorcerer. It's about some uh, desperate men who have to transport nice nitroglycerin in a truck through the jungle, and any uh, over stimulation of the nitroglycerin, any shakes will blow them sky high and it's a very tense uh thriller and it's got beautiful black and white photography i I love it it's hard to france has a wonderful cinema tradition Mm -hmm. it's difficult i would say that uh rules of the game might be my pick for the best one by renoir it's like it's really touching and really funny uh and it, it looks great but also like jewels and jim is an amazing movie like uh Pretty like, pretty much all the the Truffaut Antoine Donnell movies are like, at the very least fun, but at their best they're like, you know, beautiful, like amazing. Um, there's there's a ton of great French movies. It's hard to pick. Yeah, and there's a bunch of super gory ones like High Tension <laughs> and The Inside. Is it The Inside or Inside? I mean, it doesn't matter. Inside, but... uh, that one's gross. Uh, <laughs> Martyrs. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, there's a tradition in new extreme French horror cinema. That yeah, it's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gross. It's there's r- one word to describe it, and that's gross. Like, <laughs> gross. I guess would you consider like a lot of Bunuel's movies French because they were made in France, but he's himself is not French. Like I, with French movies, here's how I'm gonna say: This is how I always figure you should explore any type of any type of group of movies. The first one that sounds interesting to you, just watch it and just follow the threads from that movie. The people who are in it that you like, or the people who made it that you like, or just other ones that sound similar. Like, but I'd say start with uh, Jules and Jim, maybe. This is from Mallory, last name withheld, who says, Pete Keaton. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pete, Wait, right? Her middle initial was also yeah. P? <laughs> probably, right? I guess, yeah, her initial name was probably Mallory, probably Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the episode about the USS Indianapolis, oh no, Stuart said the reason. I feel reason, bad about making fun of that old man. I apologize. Stuart said the reason why Indianapolis is nicknamed Naptown, yeah, because Nap is in the name. Well, that is partially right. The actual reason is even better. I'm from the Indy area, and in my senior year of high school, I took a class in photography. For some reason, our teacher showed us a documentary about Indy in the '60s. The only thing I remember about it is a horrific murder and Indianapolis's nicknames. They explained that teenagers gave Indianapolis the nickname Naptown because the city was so boring. The other popular nickname at the time was Indy No Place, which did not stick, but is arguably better. I don't. I think I remember this because it's either really clever or really stupid, and I can't decide which. I actually don't hear Naptown that often, and I still live here, except when talking about the Naptown Roller Derby, which is our roller derby league. Mm-hmm. Anyway, R-O-C-K in the USA, <clears throat> Mallory last name withheld. And uh, 
as someone who whose grandparents lived in Indianapolis. Came from Naptown, yeah. I can confirm the boringness of that particular burg. <laughs> uh, right. Well, there's not uh, a lot to address in this letter. I, just I mean, thought it was I mean it's nice to get a correction. If it helps, I thought of some other French movies that are sure. worth a try, like Rafifi or Bob Le Flambeau mm-hmm. are really good starters, or uh, like Elevator to the Gallows is a real tense movie that's really good. Mm-hmm. Man Bites Dog. <laughs> that's not French, is it? Yeah, it I is. That was, is it? For some reason, I thought that was Scandinavian. No, it's French. Oh, it's French? Okay, sure, Man Bites Dog then. Uh, and uh, any any of the 30s movies in, with uh, Jean Gabin in it, the French Humphrey Bogart. Elliot, I just want to tell you, uh, so I Jean got, Gavin? I I got a text it. right now, and I thought it was going to be something dramatic or something important. Mm-hmm. And it was from my coworker, your former coworker, Matt Koff, saying... What do we do with screeners we don't want? <laughs> you cut them up and throw them away. Yeah. Well, so, glad you interrupted. <laughs> yeah, well. Such a good story. I just wanted to add a little of the moment flavor. That reminds me of uh, my brother went on a vacation recently, and he texted me while he was on the vaca- this international vacation, and he said, uh, and I, he, he had a lead up that made me think he was about to give me some very dramatic news or very mm. important news about... Something something cool that happened during the trip, and he put he says like I think the coolest thing was colon, and then I waited for a long long time, and I was like what is it what is it? And I was at the edge of my seat like did something like do you have news to tell me? And then he go I text him back I was like I'm in suspense. And he goes oh the picture didn't go through. It was the frog museum, and he sends me a picture of a sign for this museum that is hundreds of frogs taxidermied into human activities. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I thought he was going to tell me like something big really happened or like he has great news or something dramatic. No, it's Frog Museum. Oh, that's pretty good. The Frog Museum? I mean, I wish, I, I want to see it too. <laughs> and the picture on the sign is a bunch of frogs in like a, a competitive rowboat mm-hmm. with, their, with the oars in their, in their hands. Yep. It's weird that they would... Uh... They do a sport that's so upper body heavy. <laughs> yeah, you think they take advantage of the, of the back legs. Yeah, that's yeah. where the muscle is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stuart, you raise a very good point that I did not even think about until now. <laughs> now, this last letter pur- purports to be from someone by the name of Stubert McLast name withheld. I think that's a pseudonym. Probably. Mm. Uh, and it says... Let's run it through our database. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a bunch of hits. There it is, yeah, person of interest. Stubert. Stubert Feet, it says. Uh, hey, boys. Last year, I rented a movie theater for my birthday and forced about 30 good friends to watch Koenigsegg. <laughs> what? It's an interesting birthday choice. Yeah. <laughs> They're not, not that that's a bad movie, just that, like, there's a certain aspect of that where it's like, well, we'll see what he says, but it feels like we're going to enjoy this or you're going to hate it. Yeah. Well, he says, this was perfect as I live in Europe, and having a movie that doesn't depend on dialogue is ideal. For my next birthday, I was considering doing the same, but now I don't know what movie would be good to show. I've considered Stop Making Sense, but if some slack-jawed doofus isn't into talking heads, then it would make for a long evening for them. What's a movie that works well outside language and is little seen enough to warrant subjecting my friends to? I don't know about little seen, but my first uh, impulse with this is to go with like a Buster Keaton movie. Because obviously that exists outside language, and he's my favorite of the silent film stars. If he's not afraid of showing a silent film, then I would recommend, uh, it's called The Wind, and it's, uh, I think it was Lillian Gish, uh, and it's about a woman who uh, basically in, uh, marries a man she doesn't really know that well, and gets taken to live with him in his kind of frontier house in the desert, 
and she leaves him alone. He leaves her alone for long periods of time, and she kind of get, is driven mad by the wind in the desert. Uh, but it's a silent movie that's super creepy. But also, you know, you could do like Fantasia. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I'm a big fan of, uh, this, this doesn't really answer the question, but I'm a big fan of uh, on Halloween screening horror movies uh, with the sound off at the bar. And it's always fun for like the first hour or so, people kind of ignore what's going on on the screen. And then yeah. as the movie like starts kicking into gear, people like more and more people are like, what is this? <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. So that's always fun. Uh, and for that, just pick any really great gory horror movie. Like just go to the Stuart Gordon section in your local video store mm-hmm. and just push all the boxes <laughs> into your, your cart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the sections of the video star are romance, comedy, <laughs> drama, action adventure, and Stuart Gordon. They're like, Stuart Gordon's films check so many of these genre boxes. Yeah. Mm, let's make it its own section. You could also run a movie like Blade Runner or Suspiria that works better as a visual experience than it does as a narrative one. Whoa. Take that 4K new version of Suspiria. <laughs> yeah. The members of Goblin are in town, Ellie. You better watch your book <laughs> oh, and no, mouth. Oh, no, but I love their work. <laughs> That's literally true. <laughs> yeah. They are? Yeah, we heard this yeah, last yeah. night. Where are they playing? They're doing, uh, there's a screening of Suspiria with Goblin oh, there. Course. Oh, I want to go to that. Is that the same time as our show tonight? Uh, right it's right before. So. Uh, um, so I guess we're not watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we can watch. We can just go out there and bullshit about whatever for a couple hours. Nobody will know. They don't watch these movies. No one's mm-hmm. seen the Bye Bye Man. Um, no, we're reviewing. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. right. But I mean, like, whatever the movie we're doing for this next yeah. one. Um. So, Dan, what do we do at this part of the podcast? This is the part of the podcast where we recommend a movie that you should watch instead of The Bye Bye Man. Uh, anyone got they, a good they recommendation? Have to, they have to be French. <laughs> no. Does it have to be the opposite of this? Because I guess Hello Dolly would be the opposite <laughs> of The Bye Bye Man. Uh, who's going to go first, fellas? Uh, so, right before I hurt my back. Mm-hmm. Playing a really long board game, Elliot. <laughs> I, uh, I, I you didn't gotta say put it. me on fucking blast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hear about this on the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I um, I went to a the the traveling Fantastic Fest thing they were doing uh, at the Draft House in Brooklyn, and I went to an early screening of a movie that's currently being worked on called Apple Cart. Uh, which is kind of like a B horror movie. Um, it uh, like there was a brief Q and A afterwards with one of the producers, and they were saying that like they're not even sure if that's going to be the final <laughs> title of the movie, uh, and that the that they're still in the editing process. And it didn't completely feel that way, uh, but like as soon as I heard that, I couldn't help but like think about the movie and be like, oh, they could tweak this or change that. Um, and I don't think it's I mean, this is a somewhat qualified recommendation because I don't think the whole thing holds up super well, but there's some really good stuff to it. Uh, it it does a thing where the movie, the story of the movie runs uh, parallel to a like a true crime, like unsolved mysteries type, type uh, show that's documenting the events of that you're going to be watching in the movie. And it doesn't all work, but uh, it does add a little bit of like, levity to the whole process and it's like the parody of a true crime show is pretty funny and the like the staged like 
the staged events that they do with actors uh, are pretty funny. Uh, and it's got a decent, it's got a pretty good performance from uh, AJ Bowen and a great performance from Barbara Crampton. And That's not uh, a surprise. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's great. And uh, there's also some really cool practical special effects in it. So, Apple Cart. Scary name. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm going to recommend a couple of horror movies too because it's October. Uh, these are both fun movies, not the greatest, like, you know, B's, not A's. But they're they're still uh, enjoyable. I watched uh, the Netflix adaptation of Gerald's Game, which uh, no, I've heard it's good. Is it's from that guy who did the movie Hush and the Ouija sequel that was supposed to be actually pretty good, even though the first one sucked. Uh, and uh, it's got Bruce Greenwood and your favorite, uh, what's her face? Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino, Gugino. Dan. What's her, what's her favorite? face? What's her face? <laughs> the actress you have the a crush question? on. Who is she? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the blank from Dick Tracy? <laughs> uh, and it's about, uh, I guess, content warning. There is something that comes close to being like an attempted rape in it. Um, but uh, it's about a, a woman who gets, you know, like goes up to the cabin with her husband for a, a like, rekindling sort of weekend and they have a sex game where she gets uh handcuffed to the bed and he gets a little too rough with her you're gonna tell us the whole story well i'm this is the very beginning of the movie and she and he dies he's just taking some viagra and his heart goes out and the rest of it is her being strapped his heart goes out to his listeners yeah (laughs) they've suffered a lot there's a lot that's going on in the world today elliot yeah uh, Whatever happened to predictability? The Milkman, <laughs> Paperboy, Evening TV. Anyway, uh, anyway it's all about her uh, survival uh, and how she gets out of it and how she keeps her sanity while she's strapped to the bed and no one's around to save her. And so I, that's pretty good. And I also actually went out and saw Had Some Time to Kill. It slotted right into my uh, two-hour <laughs> window that I needed to fill up. And I saw... Happy Death Day, which is a very silly movie, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. It's not really a good horror movie in that there's no real scares in it, but as kind of a comic thriller, uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, everyone, I think, knows the premise. It's basically Groundhog's Day with a slasher. Yeah, a slasher. Uh, and uh, it's a nice little movie, and I think that the the lead is very likable, too. Fun. Uh, that's one I'm curious to see. I'm going to recommend some scary movies too, but you know what's the scariest thing, guys? Mm-hmm. Depression. That's true. <laughs> it yeah, is I mean, incredibly frightening. Yeah. And so uh, I recently watched two movies that dealt with depression in very different ways, and I enjoyed is the wrong word because they're not happy movies, but I was affected by both of them. Uh, one of them is Queen of Earth, starring Elizabeth Moss, mm-hmm. which is a kind of uh, more, you know, poetical, lyrical kind of cir- uh elliptical take on someone dealing with depression and memories of when things were better experiencing when things are bad now and kind of the breakdown of a friendship between two women Mm -hmm. when as they're as one of them is dealing with real serious depression the other one is dealing with her own 
disappointments in things, and you kind of have to puzzle out exactly what's going on with these people, but I found it very affecting. And the other one is Christine, starring Rebecca Hall. Not Christine about the car that tries to kill people, okay, but good. Christine, the story of Christine Chubbuck. Is there a car in that movie, though? They do drive in cars, yes. Okay. Uh, Christine Chubbuck, the local news reporter who in the 70s killed herself on air, uh, and it's that one is very much about a person who is who has dealing with depression, but also in the way that it shuts her off from the people around her. And she kind of can't read the signals they're sending her and they can't really understand what she's trying to get across. And I found in both of these, just the portrayal of it and the characters they were drawing felt so real to me and like people I've known that ways that I've felt. And so I thought they were both, both neither of them are super perfect. They both have flaws here and there, but I thought they were both very affecting and very powerful, uh, presentations of it and uh tracy letts has a role in christine playing this guy who's like kind of an asshole but at the same time you're like uh i found maybe just through the performance i found him more sympathetic than i would have thought and so there's a there's a wholeness to the personalities in the movies in both of them that i found very uh powerful so anyway queen of earth and christine super scary but there's no like monsters in them yeah except the monsters in the human psyche his name, Psychor. <laughs> oh, wow. And he eats dreams. Oh, man, does he have a dog? Uh, he has an evil dog, and the dog carries a gold coin in its mouth, and they ride on, not a train, but like a speedboat. Oh. But it's a speedboat that goes on land with wheels. It's pretty goofy. <laughs> I love this Asylum Cinema's knockoff of Bye Bye Man. They thought it was going to be a big blockbuster. Psychor, so yeah. So they, they came out with, like, a Sayonara Dude. The adios amigo. <laughs> Hey, did you hear about the adios, amigo? <laughs> uh, so that this ends our uh, two month stretch of uh, themed shows. So okay, we get don't back we have uh, Sandalvember coming up where we do an <laughs> Adam Sandler movie? Yeah. It was never codified. <laughs> uh, well, I do. He does have a new movie out, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's supposed to be a bad movie. It's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so is that I a guess, Noah Baumbach movie? Is Noah Baumbach. Fuck that. <laughs> what was that what were we I talking was congratulating about congratulating Adam Sandler uh, okay cool uh, so I guess we should sign off because we've got a big day we're today. actually recording this the day that we're also doing our Toronto live show yeah uh, it's gonna it's a crazy day and I got in at 640 this morning so yeah. it's gonna be nuts and you know what's keeping me energized and awake What's that? Being with my best buds Aww. oh cool and getting to be around them when I have in a while and I Elliot's, it. Elliot's holding up two bottles of Budweiser beer <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving them <laughs> They're vintage. <laughs> They're my best buds. Um, yeah, so we should uh, sign off for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. This is me saying bye bye, man. I'm Stuart Wellington. And me saying don't say it, don't think it, Ellie Kalen. See ya. Bye. Bye, man. That was, that was John McLaughlin's sign-off, though. He would go, bye-bye. <laughs> oh, I thought he was the one who said, go bye-bye. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Listener-supported.